Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Kitman Podcast. We appreciate the support we have on Instagram. Make sure to follow us at underscore the Kitman, T-H-E-K-I-T-M-E-N. We do daily polls. We respond to your DMs. In this episode, we actually do respond to your DMs, get some reactions to those, and we're going to rank our top 10 goalkeepers. For the life of me, I cannot stand Gabriel Jesus. He just simply does not have the like presence of mind or finishing touches that a yeah. top striker needs. He, I mean, uh, we've seen Aguero in those situations take a shot. Uh, I, I remember he, he got this really good touchdown in the box. Instead of shooting, he cut it back, checked it to Kevin De Bruyne, and that shot got blocked. Yeah, he just doesn't have that clinical finishing part. No, not at all. Um, Josh, you, you were saying the Manchester game was a bit sloppy. Yeah, so... I mean, the amount of passes going out of bounds and the, you know, balls going overhead, the, like, the quality of passing in that game was not up to par of a Manchester Derby. I, I feel like sloppy is a bit harsh. I, I'd call it a cagey game. I feel like the first 20 minutes, both teams were trying to just feel each other out. Because um, City came out in a different formation, more of a 4-2-3-1 with two holding midfielders. So I feel like United were really, really positive that first 20 minutes, and I felt like they were going to win the game. But City really came back and kind of kind of took the game in the second half, I'd say. I feel like they were the better team. I feel like they'll be unlucky to not, to not walk away with that as a win. But I don't know. Who do you guys think is happier with a point, Solskjaer or Pep? Definitely Solskjaer. Uh, yeah. I'm, we're definitely happier with the point. Yeah, you know, no, we're still ahead of y'all, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I completely agree with your... Like, you know, I think City should have won that game. I think we started out strong. But it slowed down tremendously. And I think City really took hold. And then back to, you know, Jesus. I mean, he's almost too cool in the box. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But, I don't know. I feel like a lot of credit goes out to the two... uh, the, The CDMs on each team. Fred McTominay and Rodri Fernandinho, they handled De Bruyne and Fernandez pretty well. I mean, you can't stop those players, but you can limit them best yeah. you can. I don't think I don't think they handled them well. I think both of them disappear in big games, and this is the beginning of my Bruno Fernandez agenda. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'll admit, I'm not a huge fan of Bruno Fernandez. I I don't know why. I just don't like him. Yeah. I like him, but he's starting to show me what Kevin De Bruyne does in big games. Which well, is fall off and drop to the right wing. I think I think Kevin De Bruyne needs Aguero back because the amount of times that game, I think three, four times, Kevin De Bruyne flicked it into a wide area of space. No, no Jesus anywhere near the ball. No Sterling anywhere near the ball. Who's normally in and around those areas is Aguero. And I think City need to sign a striker in the January transfer if they want a shot at the Prem or Champions League. I mean, you know what I think you guys have? What? I think you guys have uh, have the curse now. The curse? Yeah. yeah. After after Henri left Arsenal, every single striker that came, terrible. Yeah. And you just can't replace a, an elite goal scorer like Aguero. And I think you're kind of spoiled. Yeah. In the sense that you're expecting Gabriel Jesus not to do what Gabriel Jesus does. And he's going to do it week in, week out, and it's going to piss you off every time. Oh, but yeah. I mean, yeah. That's just what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But 
I don't know, Kevin De Bruyne, like in the second half of that game, just looked so, so frustrated. Yeah. He, he was throwing his hands up. He just looked pissed off. He looks like he was done with Jesus. So, I mean, he's Kevin De Bruyne's putting the balls in the areas that they need to go. So I don't, I don't think it's Kevin De Bruyne not showing up in big games. I think it's Jesus and Sterling and Mares not showing up in big. I mean, Mares had a good, good chance, but missed it. Oh, we should. Oh, it took so long on that. Yeah, dude. I never thought I'd see Mares take a bad first touch. Right, right. <laughs> you know, every time he's taken a bad first touch, he hasn't played well and been subbed off. Like I've like that's not a statistic. Like it's just something I've noticed. <laughs> it's just something I've noticed. Like like anytime he takes a bad first touch in a game, like he comes off in like the 60th minute. It's crazy. Hmm. Just realizes he he's on an off day today. Anytime he has a bad first touch. That's true. That's go. true. I mean that was a very heavy first touch, and that's why he missed the chance. But yeah, I mean Kevin De Bruyne not making the defender putting the ball again in a in a danger area and no finish. Kevin De Bruyne is showing up. He just doesn't have the supporting players that he needs. I think so. I think Gabriel Jesus is a cam at heart. In the, in the second half, he dropped super deep in the midfield and was just like picking up. He he was getting fouled in the midfield. He was being crafty in the midfield. I, he's a cam at heart, dude. I think he's a futsal player at heart. <laughs> I don't think he belongs on the eleven side pitch. He's like, he's like yeah, yeah, he is kind of like Firmino, but without the passing. You need you need a goal scorer. Yeah, exactly. He's exactly. like Firmino without the the game IQ. <laughs> <laughs> which oh, yeah. is like which is like all Firmino has. Yeah, yeah. honestly. Um. All right, let's talk about the Everton Chelsea game. One nil to Everton. That was rough. Fans were allowed in that game. Do you guys think they had a part to play in that? Not, not a huge part. I don't really think so. I mean, I would say so. Think so? I think so. Dude, I'm expecting a big COVID outbreak in the prem. Yeah, you see, um, uh, Schlupp's equalizer in the Palace game. Oh yeah, yeah. And they all ran to yeah, the corner they, they and jumped, didn't like, they? jumped around with the fans. I was like. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, London just got moved to stage three in COVID, so no fans oh, will be they, allowed they in. I, I think so. I think that's what I read. All right, guys, on this segment of COVID news. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So, so that means, like, all the London teams and what, there's, like, five or six of them? Yeah. Won't, won't be allowed to have fans. So that's Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal, Fulham. Sure, there's a couple more I missed, but... <laughs> But yeah, that Everton Chelsea game. That's true. That was that was rough. I don't know. That that Mendy foul was just that was brutal. He I I think that only happened because he was just so hesitant to come out. If he like came out like he didn't have to come out. Like I, I think if he stayed back, it would have been fine. I think what happened is he got injured like five six minutes before that, <sighs> and I think he was a bit rattled from that, and then he was hesitant because I think it was Dominic Calvert Lewin who he like trucked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he was just hesitant to come out again. And that caused him to be like a couple seconds late and just clock again, Dominic Calvert. Yeah, yeah, I get, yeah. That's like the one thing being goalie, you can't be hesitant because I was watching. It took the first bounce, he took a touch, and then he's like still back in his spot debating on whether he's gonna go, and then he goes, and then Calvert Lewin gets that first touch, and then just runs right through. Yeah, yeah. Hey, speak, speaking of that Chelsea game, I think Havertz might be on fraud watch. Dude, Havertz, I've been saying it. Everyone was saying when he scored that hat trick against like that third tier English team like oh this is the Havertz coming out he's come out in some games but never in the prem he's yeah. come out, he's done well in the Champions League he's done well in cup matches but never in the prem nah bro he's definitely on my fraud list there's yeah. also another person that's on my fraud list 
we'll we'll get to that eventually. We'll get to it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I I will say Chelsea haven't been really good at breaking down stingy defenses this season. Yeah, I, I, I that just frustrates me. I just don't get why they can't because they've got like they potentially have all the talent. They just can't. They put have it all the together. quality. Yeah, they've got it all there. They just can't put it all together on the field. I think it's also like City. It takes time, but there's been time. It's right. There's been time to. I mean, like to be fair, I mean, like I guess I. It's still very early. It is early, and they're like honestly, they're like almost a whole new team. Like majority, and they're like all twenty-two. Yeah, Yeah, they're all young. So I, I definitely think it'll get better, but it's just a little frustrating that it hasn't come out yet. Dude, I think the problem with Chelsea is that they have too strong of a team. (laughs) <laughs> Think about all the great Chelsea teams in the past. There's been one or two hard carry players. This time, who's really carrying? They're too good of a team as a whole. That's true. No, that's there's not one they player. Had, they had yeah. Drogba, Lampard for the thousands, and then Hazard carried basically the entire team for like the the 2010s. I think they're just too good now. They don't have any one standout player. That uh, can say this guy's gonna take the game and win it for us. That's true. They but, honestly like are all on the same level, at least within the same realm. But it's a high level, so it kind of clashes. Yeah, it's definitely a high level, but yeah, I don't think that's the Chelsea way. You know, they got to get a carrier in there. That's true. Okay, but the fact that they're all so young, this is the time where they change. This is the time where they become that standout player. So some will, Ooh. so you some can't really do. say, you know, it won't happen with this team. But even then, I think five five standout players. Too many for Chelsea. They need to go back to two. (laughs) It needs to be Tammy Abraham and Mason Mount. (laughs) Mason Mount almost had that free kick though. I mean, right off the post. Mason Mount isn't a (laughs) Mason Mount isn't a bad player. It's just that he takes the spot of players better than him, and that's what pisses me off. Jack Grealish is better than him. (laughs) Tell me, tell me he's better than Pulisic. No, he's not. Tell me he's better than Pulisic. Um, I don't know if I can say that 100%, man. That's fair. All right, let's talk about that Fulham-Liverpool game. Jesus. Klopp was a unhappy camper. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so. What a strike. Oh, from a, D. Cordoba Reed? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, credit to Fulham. Oh. They, they came out, and I think it has to do with the fans as well. I mean, they came out energized. They came out... Looking prepared, they look. They came out looking for, looking for three points. Yeah. And I feel like Liverpool just expected a win. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they weren't. I mean, I would have too, honestly. But yeah, like, yeah. I mean, they. Could. I don't know. Fulham, is... Fulham might be changing. Fulham are going against my find eleven men at the park agenda. They beat Leicester, I believe, and Ful- and Liverpool in two weeks. Yeah, man. It, it beating Fulham's not for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. What's it called? That goal that they scored, I think that might have been like one of the first times I've seen the the VAR not work in Liverpool's favor. Because if you watch the goal, you'll see like the dude just like shoved Salah. Yeah, he just shoved Salah out of the way. It's like a blatant foul. Speaking and then of- they just let the play run on. And I was like, hmm. Like, this is one of those times where I feel like VAR could come in and that's what say I, something. That's what I was thinking as well, but. I don't know. I I think Everett was saying if you think that's a foul on the Prem, like you're very mistaken. But I'm gonna have to disagree with him. The Prem, like they've given some cheap fouls, been a some pretty soft. some pretty soft fouls. But speaking of VAR, what did you guys think of 
Fabinho's tackle, the penalty that wasn't given to Fulham? Definitely questionable. I could see I could see it going both ways. But, you know, I think they made the right decision. Oh, um so I don't think it was a clear and obvious error, and I feel like that's why it wasn't given. Because the ref didn't call it right. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't. I feel like there wasn't enough. So you're saying it could go either way. I'd agree and say that's why it wasn't a clear and obvious error. So that's what I'd say. Um, sure. Palace Spurs, a draw, a draw right there. Um, credit to Guaita. Uh, he had the error, but he played sensationally for the rest of the game. Dude, I don't even know if I would call that like an error. Yeah, that that cane shot has some stupid swerve on it. Mm-hmm. Some stupid swerve. Like that's just like like what do you even do? Because it wasn't even like it didn't swerve early. It swerved right as it came at him. Yeah, it was like, a, super fast. Worst. It was a real knuckleball. I mean, it went I'll, from like like a comfortable save to literally on the other side of the goal within half a second. I mean, Owen can attest. Owen's a goalkeeper himself. Yes, that's the worst. It's just nasty. It was nasty. Um, all right. The, the real re- highlights of the game was the Crystal Palace attack. Oh, Eze, can we talk about how good he is? Yeah. I, th- I, I, th- I think I'm going to agree with Dillette's prediction earlier in an earlier episode where he said Eze is going to be the player to buy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I might agree with that. I mean, I can see that happening. I like him a lot. He's a very dude, good I, player. Dude, I swear, Arsenal need a 10, man. He's from London. I'm desperate. <laughs> nah, bro. <laughs> Eze to Fulham. Eze to Fulham. Start recruiting. Eze to Fulham. Eze to Fulham? <laughs> okay. Get him to Chelsea. No leads. Oh, fast. Now for the real big games of the weekend. Let's get into them. Oh, uh, I was going to skip over him, except for this one particular game. Um, so last week I said, you know, maybe Arsenal can go <laughs> swipe a point. Didn't happen. I think Arsenal's winning more trophies in City this season. Wait, yeah, you think it too. You think it too. I didn't even hear what you said. I said I think Arsenal will win more trophies than City this season. B-tier trophies. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey B-tier trophies or no trophies? Hey, you guys are getting the Come consolation on. prize. I think we play Arsenal in a cup, in a cup knockout game. Uh, that'll be good. So we'll see. Hey, you know, you know what happens then. Yeah, so, some true Arteta ball. Anytime it's not in the prem, Arsenal start picking up some points. It's crazy. We get the job done. I'm, I'm telling you, if we win Europa this year, get, in the, get into the Champions League, that narrative's sticking. We're winning it all. Champions League and Championship. Hey, guys, I'm thinking it might might happen. I don't care what division of, the, of England we're in. As long as we're in, if we win the Champions League... <laughs> We qualify automatically next year, even if we're in Division One. Europa League, Europa League, but yeah. I don't, I don't know the history. No, no, I'm like... saying win the Europa League this year, next year, Championship, Champions League. Oh, win okay. Champions League, get double relegated. Oh, <laughs> that'd be such a flex. Yeah. Like then we requalify for it. I, I, Dillette, would you even be mad for having that type of statistic to be in EFL League One, but the Champions League? Not at all, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I support Crystal Palace. So <laughs> it's, it's impartial to me. That's fair. 
I don't know the history much, but has there ever been a time when Arsenal wasn't in the Premier League? No, they've never been relegated. They, no, I mean they've they've they haven't been relegated, but I mean there was a time whenever they weren't in the league. Right when they like were they just, just like they got promoted up, and then ever since they made it to the Prem, they've never been relegated. Right, I yeah. think they're actually the only club too. They are the only club too. Yeah. Wow. All right, let's respond to some DMs. Um, my favorite of the week. Whoa, was... whoa, 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 whoa! What's up? I still need to put Arteta on fraud watch. <laughs> no, guys, leave Arteta alone. He doesn't have the players. He's had one transfer nah. window. Yeah, I'm not even gonna lie. I don't even think it's. I I'm, think it's his fault. But like, I also think if the team was good, like he wouldn't be in the situation at all. I mean, the first ten so minutes of the a, first ten minutes of the second half, Arsenal came out really, really good, and then Xhaka decided to yeah. get kinky and start choking people. He's just had. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. Wrong, wrong play He's time. had like wrong play time. Yeah, bro, Xhaka needs to just... He, I'm glad he's banned for the next couple games. That's all I have to say. <laughs> and it's good, because I think they play Southampton next weekend. Um, and, and a couple, like, like games that they definitely should have, like, an interest in. Like, right. it's not like a top six team that they have to face. So. We need to drop the top six thing as well. It's top four. Any team not on the top four is... We need to stop the top six thing. <laughs> I don't know where it came from. Europa League, nothing to brag about. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't even consider. I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't watch Thursday games. Yes, you do. No, I don't. You literally watch the. I watch the game. highlights. I watch the highlights. I don't watch the oh, okay. games. I, I don't turn on the streams for Champions League. I'll turn on the streams. He watches the hey, uh, the Portuguese league over that. Dude, Liga Nos. Hey, Arsenal's playing Benfica. In January, you have to tune in. See oh, so yeah, what do you guys think? United got Real Sociedad, um, Arsenal got who again? Benfica. Benfica. So Real Sociedad are first in La Liga. Josh, do you think United can pull it off? They Real Sociedad have David Silva. David Silva has been going crazy in La Liga. I mean, it depends. <laughs> I never, you never know where United's gonna be. They are depends on which down. which United are gonna yeah. be on the field. Yeah, is yeah. it the my job's on the line or is it the I'm in a safe-ish zone right now, so I don't have to urge the players on. You got to put the fire under them. Yeah, yeah honestly. Yeah, you guys were in way too good of a position to play Manchester City. If you guys were like eleventh, twelfth, that's an easy win. You're too comfortable in fifth. <laughs> <laughs> that's facts. All right, but I I, I really do want to read this DM because it's my favorite that I've got ever so far. It says, hey, fellows, quick question. This is from Chanos, by the way. Um, Can I have the number for Josh's dealer? Whatever he's on has taken him to another reality, and I really want to try it out. (laughs) (laughs) And that was in response to Josh's center back list. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's just rude. (laughs) What what was it? Um, One through six? All Harry Maguire, right? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the number seven's Fellaini. <laughs> but yeah, um, I posted a poll. What are your thoughts on Paul Pogba? A lot of people saying his time at, at United has expired. A lot of people are saying clubs won't give him a chance. I think clubs will give him a chance. He's a very, very good player, but he needs a good team. And United have failed to put a really good CDM behind him. Because think about when he's played well. He's played well in France. 
who did he have? Conte. He played well at Juventus. Who did he have? Matuidi. Mm-hmm. He performs well when he's allowed to kind of roam free. Yeah. So I, I feel like it's not Paul Pogba. Fo- Paul Pogba's fault. I think it's United's fault for giving him Fred and McTominay. He just hasn't, doesn't have the assets with him. No, he, he really doesn't. Does. He's just not the player. I, the, the fact that he started this weekend. I mean, it's, it's Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. If he played left wing, I don't think there was much. He <laughs> <laughs> just he just kind of threw darts at a board to see what position they were playing. Yeah, honestly. Um, I all think right. he's in a similar position to. Oh yeah, we're still stalling that, stalling your DMs. I think he's in a similar position to Aubameyang. Oh no, no, keep going, keep going. Don't, don't, oh, Paul, don't worry about the Paul Pogba, he does not fit the system that they're playing right now. No, I don't no. think who did, who um, Van Hal signed him, right? Louis Van Hal. Yeah, I think so. I think I think he fit Louis Van Hal's system. Chelsea Mourinho came. He kind of fit that system, but even then, not really. And then now under Solskjaer, well, he doesn't fit it at all. I wish we could say like. Oh, he he doesn't fit, or he does fit in the Ole system. It's just that there is no system. Yeah, there's no system to fit into. I think that's a lot of the reason why Aubameyang is struggling as well, and I guess the whole Arsenal team is that they're playing a Arteta system with Arsene Wenger and Emery players. I I do want to give a lot of credit to Paul Pogba because it's it's very easy for a player to just shut down, refuse to play. Because I mean, he's received a lot of hate, racism at times. Yep. And, but he's still suited up. He still put his boots on, and he still goes out, and he tries to perform. Yeah, he does. He puts it all out there, or at least majority of it, just under the circumstances. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I feel like if Mbappe does go to Madrid, I could definitely see them picking up Paul Pogba. I mean, I think oh, Verratti yeah. behind him, Verratti and Atresa Gay if he comes back on loan. I, I think that could be a very, very good system in which he'd thrive. Be a very good team. Yeah, and I feel like he'd complement Neymar's play style very, very well, where they both kind of just roam around the pitch. Bro, both... Yeah, bro, don't get, don't get me excited, man. Pogba and Neymar on one team. Right? I mean, wouldn't that be <laughs> so fun? They both just they both dance and pirouette yeah. out of tight spaces, yeah. <laughs> and it's just so nice to watch. And imagine both of them on the same team. Yeah, no, I'd actually <laughs> watch League One. <laughs> Dude, that honestly, that that duo could go down as like, like an all time great duo if that actually happens. Not that there's any like substance to it, but if that actually happens somehow, yeah, man. that'd be fun to watch. Um, Ruslan Musa says, I think he'll do well at Madrid, but he's still not finished at United. I I I'd have to disagree. I, I think disagree. His Completely. time at United's done. I'm ready for him to leave. I, I mean, think he'll do good at Madrid. I agree with that part. I don't know if he'll do well at Madrid. Casemiro, Casemiro's in his older years. They haven't found a great replacement. Modric is, what, 34, 35. Cruz is getting old. I mean, it's an aging midfield. Paul Pogba's in his late 20s. He, he, I think he needs a move in which he's going to win a Champions League. He needs somebody younger behind him. He needs someone younger behind him, and I think that could be a Teresa Gay. So I mean, they have Valverde. It's not terrible. Yeah, they do have Valverde. Um, yeah, I don't know. I and and the state Madrid are in the inconsistencies happening. I mean, they squeaked yeah. through into the knockout stages of the Champions League. They're not doing exceptionally well in La Liga. 
So I don't I don't know if Madrid's a perfect fit for him. I think he'd do really well at Paris. I just don't know if Paris have the money for it. I think Paris and Juventus are his, are two good options for him. That's, Paris not have the money for it. Yeah, that's, I've never heard that one. You think you don't think so? I mean, what? How much do you, I think he'll go for 55, 60? Yeah, I'd say. I thought he was listed for 40. He's listed for 40? That might be cap, but I, I I think I saw something like that. No way, he's listed at 40? He's half of worth, he's half the worth of Maguire? That's what you're, t- <laughs> that's what they had him at. <laughs> no, surely not, he's not listed at 40, no way. But I feel like maybe he could go to Inter Milan, wild card in there. I think he's headed to the MLS. That would be. I would go to some MLS games. <laughs> I, I I think I've been to like three or four, but I'd start going to watch Pogba. Pogba to FC Dallas confirmed. <laughs> there we go. Heard it here first, folks. All right. Let, oh, sorry. Let's get into our top ten goalkeepers list. Um, there were three different ties in this list, so that was interesting. No real notable uh people left out. So. Going number ten was a tie straight off the bat. Nick Pope, Lucas Fabianski, um, and that's because Lucas Fabianski was only on Josh's list, and Nick Pope was not on the let's list or Josh's list. Um, I don't know. I had Nick Pope because I think he's a very athletic goalkeeper. He's he's quick. He's his distribution isn't great. I think that might have something to do with he uh, just came off of that shoulder injury, right? So like he was off for like that might be two it. years. So I I I put him at eighth, but I just really? I, I like his play style and I'm impressed with the way that he's come back from that injury. I had him at ten. He can't kick a ball either. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like his distribution right. isn't great. Yeah, that actually surprised me whenever they couldn't get to half field. <laughs> uh, how come no one else had Fabianski? I just don't think... I think, I, I think he's 10. a good keeper. I don't think he's a top 10 keeper. Yeah, I probably would have had him like 11 to 12, somewhere around there. For me, this ranking was very hard because I feel like outside like five, six keepers, the rest are... You can make a case for each of them uh, yeah, being on the top 10. That's solid. Yeah, I, I, I feel like... I was very generous to begin with, honestly. What was that? I was very generous to him. Yeah, maybe. But, I mean... His team's doing well. That's part of, you know, it's always nice to, you know, support somebody when their team's doing well, and so that makes him look better. That's fair. Um, so was the distribution part of the fact you didn't have Nick Pope, Dillette? I, no, I just don't think he's better than the other keepers. Okay. I didn't really even take it, the distribution into account. I just don't think he's better. Uh, yeah, me either. I do want to ask y'all, what was y'all's criteria in ranking? Because Because mine was... Kind of hard to find a criteria. Mine was errors, distribution, athleticism, and reflexes. Like, how quickly do they make the save? How quickly do they drop down? That's true. I didn't really do all that. I just said who would, like, I'm not going like, to, like, rip on it. I just said who would I prefer to have at my club? And I was like, oh, I wouldn't feel as comfortable with, um, I'd agree with I don't that. Know. Whoever over someone else. That was basically how I did my list. Yeah, like for the first, I mean, like for like the top five or six, like I could differentiate between them because I just like know. But the rest, it was it was difficult. I don't know. I I just like 
kind of like watch some highlights, so see how they play, see their play style, and I don't know. It was it was hard to. It was hard to come up with like a solid criteria. Yeah, I didn't really use any stats. I just used, I didn't either. I used that and also like their play for like national team and other stuff. Or other how they how they fit into a system and like yeah. how well they do. Yeah, regardless of their team. It's hard to do like clean sheets because I mean that's really yeah. the only stat you can use, and that's a lot like it's defensively not, yeah, in not, possession of the team. It's not on the goalkeepers. Yeah. Um. All right. Eighth place was also a tie between. Guaita and McCarty, and that is because Josh was the only person who had McCarty on his list, and Guaita was not on Josh's or Owen's list. He was on me and Delette's list. Um, I'm gonna hand it over to Josh. How come you excluded Guaita and included McCarty? Because you had McCarty fifth. Again, very generous. (laughs) 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 You know, I struggle putting like you know. Some of these newer keepers up on my list. And, you know, again, Southampton's doing well. So, uh, you know, I just think, like, a keeper is a very solid, like, position, like, in a leadership role. No matter, like, you know, at any level, they kind of tie the team together. I guess you could say that about a midfield, but I think a keeper does that, especially with the back line. But what makes you say, like, McCarty is better than Mendy or Fabianski. I would say so. Mendy, uh, he hasn't been challenged enough to me. I don't think he's played against enough at very strong attacking sides to be, you know. His, his stats are very impressive, but you know, this weekend I kind of lost some faith in him. I mean, maybe it was just one bad game, but he looked like a deer in headlights. To me. A lot of your rankings are like like based off weekly performances. Or like like past five game performances. True. I don't know. I, f- I feel like more holistic review should go into goalkeepers. Because I mean like when goalkeepers are in bad form, the whole team is affected. Yeah. Like, to be tremendous. fair, I don't think we would have had Guillet to eighth. Had he mean? not just had a great game. No, I mean, he makes some spectacular saves. I I had him, I believe, in my bottom three. So, I mean, I for me, it was between him, uh, Fabianski, and Melier for one of those bottom three spots. Oh, and Matt Ryan on Brighton. He was also in the run. Um, moving on. Is that for more goals than saves? I mean, there's some with the defense on that, but that's a, that's a shocking stat. Hey, who has that? Who? Matt Ryan. He's let in more goals than saves. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, and that's, that's just because that's not, that's not going on my list. Yeah, Bright, Brighton just, they're not great, but I know Matt Ryan is a good keeper who makes some good saves. Yeah. It's just Brighton get opened up very, very easily. Um, seventh, we had Bern Leno. Uh, and, he was off of sixth place by six points. Uh, Bern Leno not on Josh's list. I'm not putting Arsenal's goalkeeper on my list. <laughs> Yo, can I get that dealer's Thanks. number too? Oh. Yeah, so <laughs> I think Chanos, um, DM me. I'll ask Josh and we can set something up. Sounds like salt because <laughs> Josh's team got beat by a bottom three side. 
Uh, it happens. <laughs> well, why don't you have Leno up there? Leno's a good keeper. He's just a bit slow in his decision making, I'd say. Yeah. But I mean, he's he's a good shot stopper. He, he's a good shot stopper for sure. He's big. He's, I mean, I if it wasn't for him, I think City would have put like three or four past Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah, you've got a point. Just because uh, he wears. Red and white, not just red. Yeah, That's the I only mean, issue. I mean, more credit to him. He has to play behind Rob Holding and Bellerin and just get, you know, 2v1 all the time. So, I don't know. I yeah. feel like you've been I feel like you've been quite harsh to Burn Leno there. Not a top 10 keeper. I think he definitely is a top 10 keeper for sure. Yeah, I think the follower is right. We should we should move on from this. Okay. Sixth place, David De Gea. And once again, not on Josh's list. He's on his way out. That's well. Yeah, he's not. I. I. I but I, he's I, on your list. I I agree. He's on the way out. But, but uh, he's still a he's still a he's good still, keeper. He's still a good keeper. Like he's he's definitely the top in the top ten. I think top top seven for sure. Yeah, I had him. At, I had him at five. So I definitely think he should should have been included. But I, that's your personal preference. Like I mean, I'm, I, I'm very harsh on United players, other than Harry Maguire. I, yeah, that I should be. That's true. That's true. That's true. I, I think honestly, I think like four, three, four years ago, De, De Gea would be at the top of my list. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Without a doubt, I would completely. He would be number one. But I mean, he's been solid again. He 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 had like a bad. One, he gets one and the, a half, he gets two those, seasons. He gets, those, he gets those rough patches, but I think he's in a steady ground right now. He's a great shot stopper. Oh, he is. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, fourth, Mendy. Um, Edward Mendy, Chelsea keeper. Um, I, I, I would agree with Josh. I haven't seen him make any spectacular saves. A lot of it is that short up back line with mm-hmm. Thiago Silva, Zuma. Reese James and Azulaqueta that that block a lot of shots, prevent a lot of shots. I think he's a very good keeper. I think so too. I, I think fourth place is fair. Yeah, I think I had him. I had him fourth. Yeah, I think fourth place is a good shout. Yeah, um, I, I'd, yeah I'd, I'd agree that he hasn't been challenged too much, but also like he does when he does make saves, he makes it look easy, and it's also a lot because it just isn't built. He is. He's a, a massive man. He's a, he's he's like, a tall guy. He so is it's a like, tower. Like that compared to I don't know. Some other keepers. Larice, Larice isn't that Larice, tall. Yeah, he's a shorter guy. He's like what, like six two or something. Yeah, six foot, which is short for a goalie, but tall for everything else. But like, so any save that he makes that's like top corner, like any like stretched out, looks more athletic than anything that Mendy. That's made, true. Just because of his build, it's not saying that's not as hard of a save. It just doesn't look as impressive. Mendy fills the goal. He he makes he it look a lot smaller. He does. If he's laying down, he covers over half. For sure. Um, he was actually tied in fourth place with Castro Schmeichel. Um, Delight, you had Schmeichel seventh on your list. How come? What? My bad. I was still muted. I just uh, don't. The, the only players that I would have put him ahead of in my top six, because I had him seventh, was Lloris and De Gea. Those are pretty much the only two that I would think to. Just because they seem a bit a bit shaky at times. Whereas Schmeichel is uh, relatively consistent, at least compared to them two. Yeah. Um, what well, he's the captain. Just, he's the captain. Is he not? I think so. I think he is. And I mean, he's a backbone in that Leicester team. He's solid. He Leicester had, don't have very fast center backs. So 
he comes out. He comes off his line pretty quickly. Yeah, he does. He gets to the ball. He uh, he kind of stole my heart in the World Cup. A good performance there. So I've had paid some attention to him then. But I, I like his play style. I just put him a little. I put him at six, um, just because even though he's consistent, he doesn't. I just feel like he's not. He's consistently good. But I just feel like there's players that are a little bit more consistently good. Yeah. Consistently good, not consistently amazing. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good way to describe it. He's but. above average, but he's not phenomenal. Whereas yeah. De Gea, Loris, even you could say that about Leno, will be amazing nine out of ten games. Right. And then have that one game where it's just kind of, I don't know yeah, if you I'd can trust like, him. I'd say they're on, like, they're a little bit above that level that Schmeichel's on, but then they've also got those games where they, like, stand out when they come up when they have to. And I feel like Schmeichel just, like, not saying that he doesn't, but it's not as often. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, third on the list, Hugo Lloris. Um, Delight, you had him fifth. How come? Um, plays for Tottenham. In the same, in the no, not plays for Tottenham. I had him ahead of Leno. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just thought about it. How I said earlier, if I'm making a team, I'm putting together a back line. I'm putting in the putting in Mendy, putting in De Gea over Lloris. It's it's a trust thing, and I feel like trust is like a lot of the goalkeeper position. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like fifth is just, I don't know. I feel like fifth is harsh, though. I could I could see yeah. fourth. I would I would say it's harsh only because I had De Gea ahead of him. Him and De Gea were kind of like flip-flop for me, to be honest. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I would push him further ahead than that, though. Yeah, no. Uh, I had him second. I had him third. Second? Yeah, I think Josh, you had him third, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, in, I'm intrigued now. Yeah, so second was Ederson, and I had Ederson third. So for me, I I feel like a way to describe Ederson is that City leads game this season. He was exceptional in the first half, stopping shots, stopping one v ones, really kept us in the game. Right. But then second half, he has an error that leads to a goal. So disappeared. I, I wouldn't say disappeared. I just say he's rash and error prone. Did he kick someone? I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. No, right he he tried to punch the ball off oh, a corner, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he just mm-hmm. hit it straight down into Rodrigo's feet, and Rodrigo scored the goal. Oh so, dang! So I feel like that's a good way to describe Ederson. He's exceptional on his best days, but I mean, when you're a keeper, you have one error, it can cost you a game. Yeah, yeah the way that he plays, his errors are definitely worse than a He's, lot of other keepers' errors would be, just because the way he flies out the box. Yeah, I think definitely like. It works for him most of the time, but just being how ballsy he is, yeah, like he's he's very confident, which for the most of the time it works. But there's you want that the keeper. You want him to be kind of you know. Right, Keepers no, are crazy. No, for sure, yeah. he's a crazy All guy. But it, I think it definitely shows with him because when it works, it works. But when it doesn't, it just it doesn't. It's yeah, like you it's, do have to be a bit crazy to want to stand in front of ninety mile per hour shots yeah. for ninety minutes. Yeah, yeah. You know, one thing you got to talk about too with him is his spray. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's another bonus to him. So, so that's what it was for me. So I had Larice second. Larice doesn't distribute better. Larice is a good stop shot or er, stop shotter. He's a good shot stopper, but a he's a good stopwatch. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's a good he's a good stop <laughs> He's a good. He's a good shot stopper. I get what you're saying. It, I don't feel like he's better than Ederson in 
if I was going off of the Let's criteria, though, I would have Lloris above Ederson. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's really? why that's why I was asking, like, what was y'all's criteria okay. for this? Because it was well, hard. I, to I understand that just because he's a bit more crazy. Yeah, I can see that. I think yeah, I th- I see what you're saying with Lloris. I think he's got the same like almost the same amount of confidence as Ederson, but he's just a little bit more conservative with it, and he knows when to hold it in. I mean, Ederson gave his own center back a concussion last year. Right. No, that's what I'm saying. Like he's just like. It comes out in Edison. Like he's Andy, like sliced him on his face open. Yeah, yeah, yeah he did. And those adult braces are just. It's the next. <laughs> it's the next smiley. Everything face about it. It's, it's like the he's Joker a scary like, guy. He's yeah. a scary guy. It reminds me of like a Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, before we move on to first place, any leave outs you guys wanted to bring up in your list that didn't make it. Uh, uh, just for me, in 10th, I just put out Pamelier, just because I think, uh, I think he's up there. Oh, not, not necessarily up there, but I think he's so young, so he's, and I definitely see potential in him. I think he's a good keeper, and I think him being young, seeing that, it, it, it puts a lot of confidence into him for me, so I think he'll become one of the top five in due time. The reason he wasn't on my top 10 list I think he's a great shot stopper. He's athletic. He's excellent reflexes, but his distribution is so bad, and he's so shaky on the ball. That and that that'll just come with experience. Yeah, it does. But I mean, he he's turned it. He's tried to get it out of his box, and it just goes to the other team in the midfield, which is such a dangerous area. Mm. It's part of the reason Leeds have conceded. I think like nineteen goals this season, Pro- like that, probably yeah. more. It's, to be fair to him, I think that's a. It a, is a, a coaching thing, to be honest. Because if he, if he plays under most coaches that aren't Bielsa, Arteta, Pep Guardiola, he's not going to be asked to do that. And he's just going to be there to stop shots. I mean, yeah. you don't put him in those positions, he'll probably yeah. look a much better keeper. The, the coach has to know what his strengths are and play to those. But the yeah, it's, way... it's weird because Bielsa kind of demands it from his goalkeeper, yeah. even if he doesn't have it, which is... I don't know. That's it's a, yeah. Bielsa ball, but I think it's an it's an error on his part yeah, to not that's, get a keeper that can do that. That's one of the like most dangerous things you can do is to rely on something that your keeper can't do because they make that mistake. I, I think it. Oh yeah, it, absolutely. It's detrimental. It is a flaw in the Bielsa system. I mean, e- even while Leeds were in the championship, they had massive goalkeeping problems, yeah. and they had to bring in Kiko Casillas. Uh, still didn't help. They had to. They brought in Melier this season, and he's he's been good. But the way Leeds commit numbers forward, even more than City do, and the way yeah. their center backs are kind of allowed to move up and down the pitch at times, it, it really opens up the goalkeeper. And you could make the case, if it wasn't for Melier, Leeds could have conceded 25-plus goals this season. Yeah, I, I definitely think he's I think he's doing good, and I think he's jumped, like uh, he's rose up to the occasion. But I just think there's more room for him also to grow. I think, I think the problem is that Leeds are asking for an Ederson, a Neuer, and they're like a newly promoted team uh, just in the championship. And those players are not easy to come by. Oh, sure. How he's, Melier's like what, like 20? Yeah, he's, 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 he's already. I guess he's, I, I mean, I would say that he still has time, but I feel like that kind of confidence on the ball isn't something that you can teach, like teach, you know? Well, no, like, that, that's Neuer just... was born to be like a, an insane sweeper keeper. Yeah, sweeper keeper. What were you going to say, Josh? Oh, no, yeah, I was just agreeing with the lead. Oh. Right, no, I definitely think that, like, the comp- confidence can't be taught, but it definitely comes with experience because I- I've had, like, 
don't know. Okay, so when I was playing, like, I started, I played JV my freshman year, and then sophomore year, I went up and played a couple games at varsity, and, like, the first game that I played for varsity, was it was, it was horrible, just because, like, I was, I was, like, what, like, 15, 16, I was playing with a bunch of seniors, so they're, like, 18, they're, like, adults almost, and it's just, like, just jumping into that, especially at such a young age, but then, like, the next year I played more, had great games, and then this past year, did great, got, like, I don't want to, I got, like, keep, keeper of the year, so then it, it just, it comes with experience. Ooh. As you can see, Owen's a very humble guy. Exactly. I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm just trying to prove a point. I'm saying that, like, the confidence comes with experience. What are we, 10 episodes in? He's been, he's been itching to drop that. Oh, yeah. I have, oh, yeah. I've been waiting for us to do Keepers for <laughs> he, so long. He wanted to start with Keepers. I think this is the most I've ever spoken in an episode other than hair. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys should be, uh, how does it feel to hear my voice? It's, it's good. I it's think fun. the viewers will love it. Awesome. We'll get a bunch of DMs. Oh, yeah. Who's the goalie? <laughs> <laughs> you, guys, you guys have a fourth? Maybe, <laughs> maybe we even find Owen's wallet. Who knows? Yeah, if you guys actually see my oh, wallet, it's still in Colorado, hopefully. Um, <laughs> feel free. My address is on the license. Um, oh, I thought he was about to say something. <laughs> <laughs> now I can do that. My card number is... <laughs> yeah, my social security number is... Uh, um, I feel like another leave-out, Rui Patricio. Mm, yeah, I had him ninth. Oh, I didn't even think of that. I, I think I had him at like ninth or just... I didn't either. Oh, I, he was not on my list. I lost. I had him at ninth. I would say he's overrated... But I still feel like he's. I had him tenth. I feel like he is a top ten keeper. He's big. Tenth is fair. He's, he's definitely only eighth through tenth. Yeah, yeah, like, like a like I I do feel he is very overrated. But mm-hmm. he still is a good keeper. No, he's solid. Just I'm not. excited for Portugal at the next international competition. I am I too. feel like they'll have a strong defense. Yeah, Cancelo. Um, yeah. Diaz. Cancelo on the left. Mm-hmm. Ruben Diaz, Nelson Semedo. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the other center backs going to be, but. If they figure that out, they'll have a really solid team. Yeah, and I mean, Felix has come into his own in Madrid this year. Ren- of course, Ronaldo. And Bernardo Silva is always a good midfielder to have. Oh, that's true, yeah. So, I don't know. Portugal is a good team. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day, there. actually. Yeah. It'll be good to watch. Um, First, I think it's safe to say, first on everyone's list, Allison, solid, all-round all distribution, right. mm-hmm. shot-stopping, reflexes. All around the great. I think he's a good yeah, keeper. Yeah, it's just a bit boring. <laughs> he's, yeah. just, he's the best keeper. That's yeah. about it. Yeah, I think I think everyone knows he is the best keeper. He is. So. Goes without saying for sure. Definitely. Oh, uh, other than Keppa. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. We got we have been massively harsh to Keppa in this episode. Didn't even put him in. Didn't even put him in, and you know what? That's our fault. That's our fault. That is yeah, our we'll fault. take that one. We'll take it on the chin. Um, we will have a new episode for you guys Friday since it's a week, a bunch of weekday matches. But before we end, I wanted to get y'all's thoughts on the upcoming Liverpool Spurs game. Mm-hmm. Josh, what are your thoughts on that game? I'm trying to think. I mean, uh, I did put you on the spot. Really? I apologize. I put, I threw you on the spot there. But yeah, you really did. I'm trying to think, you know, obviously with the Spurs game, it's always kind of, I don't want to say boring because you got to think about it like tactically, but you know, Liverpool had a, I hope they're ready for the game. Cause I think, you know, if they're not ready, Spurs will, you know, bite them in the ass really. I think 
I think Klopp, in his Kane? interviews... Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, what were you saying? I was saying Klopp, in his interviews, always looking for an excuse. I will say. He was complaining, all Fulham did last game, oh, they just launched the ball and played it long. I checked the stats, bro. Liverpool had more long balls than Fulham that game. I thought Fulham definitely deserved that game. I think they played really well. Yeah. And I don't think they played long ball. And it'll be interesting to see how, with the somewhat of a limited offense, how Liverpool will manage that Tottenham side. Because Klopp is definitely yeah. going to come out angry and fuming and out at his players. I definitely think Liverpool's going to come out like, like ready to play furious after that. Yeah, I think they game. have something to prove after just losing to yeah. Fulham. Yeah, I think... And I don't even think their attack is limited. Sorry to cut you off, but oh, I think good. as long as like, like they still have like a top five... Or, Salah's fit as well, right? Yeah, Salah Mane for me. Yeah, so they have... Oh, yeah, they have their... They have two top five attackers in the world. I don't think they're going to struggle at all. They're also going against the other two in that five, or some of them, in the league at least. Yeah, Son yeah, Son, King, yeah. I think it's going to be really they're gonna good They're attacking themselves. That's true. Um, I believe Matip is injured for that game as well, so they're very, very thin at the back. So it's gonna is be... Joe Gomez fit? Is no, be... Joe Gomez and Van Dyker. He's, not he's like out for a while now, right? Yeah. So it's gonna be interesting how they line up with their back line. Yeah. Alexander Arnold was subbed off and yelled at by Klopp last game. Yeah. And Nico Williams came in and took his spot for for the remainder of that match. So it'll be. Sim- I'm sure he'll be back. Yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking. Is he's gonna have that little fire under his ass that's gonna really. I haven't even been impressed with Trent. This season. This season, him and Robertson haven't been yeah. what we would I think expect. that's also in part because ever since Van Dyke left, they've actually had to defend. defend. Right, and I, I, well, I just think it's like they're like, not necessarily like a true player, but it's like, I just think they might. Robertson is finally being exposed for not knowing how to play the sport. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> he'd be better at rugby or something. No, I just, I, yeah, I think definitely not having Van Dyke back there is like exposing them a lot more and showing like what kind of like, true players they are. They don't have anybody to really rely on. I feel like, yeah, I feel like Trent's doing the same thing he's been doing mm-hmm. for two years, except no Van Dyke to cover. Yeah. It just looks a lot worse it, now. Yeah, it looks more impressive when he's got Van Dyke back there. Yeah. yeah. Because he can play right wing when Van Dyke's there. Oh, yeah. But I, I think we should also talk about Tottenham and how they're going to absorb that Liverpool pressure. It's going to be interesting to see. How they kind of defend those long balls in. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've kind of mostly played teams that build up, and it'll be interesting because because Liverpool don't necessarily build up always. They kind of launch it forward in behind a lot to yeah, Salamane. Yeah, they do get up there a lot. But the thing is, that's when the other team is committed numbers forward, and Tottenham don't commit an awful lot of numbers forward. Maybe no, four or five players. That's a son that's always up. Yeah, Son. I think I think four or five players is a stretch. Yeah, it's like yeah three, maybe the fourth running in top of the box. <laughs> yeah, they play they play pretty conservative, just playing back a lot. So I don't know I how think the, the game changer in that game for me will be Bobby Firmino. If mm-hmm. he's on it, I think that'll be Liverpool's fighting chance to win the game. Otherwise, I don't think they have a chance at all because long ball's not going to work. It'll either be. Like individual quality, Salamane doing something, beating a man, curling one in the top corner, or it's going to be Firmino running the game. It also that depends on. What's that, Josh? Uh, I completely agree with Delette. I think, yeah, Firmino will be a big light in that game to really try and 
you know, work through that defense and work through that, you know, that back six. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see the tactics used in that game because yeah, sure. I don't think Liverpool will come out with their typical tactics. Yeah, I don't think they'll be able to do what they normally do. I, I don't see Tottenham out. changing their style of play. But it'll be interesting how they line up against this Liverpool back line who's just been... No, definitely not. Tottenham, Jose Mourinho never... Never changes. I mean, you don't have to whenever you do that, to be honest. No, you don't. Especially now that he has access to Kane and Son. He literally does not have to. Because he can play like a a bottom three team and then attack like a top three team (laughs) with (laughs) just two players. Yeah, yeah. I've got my money... 3-1 3-1 Spurs, and I think Spurs are going to score early on. Because they've been doing that a lot. Most of their go- A lot of their goals come, like, first 10 minutes. I was going to say that. If there's an early goal, I see it coming from Tottenham. Yeah. I think I think first 15, they're going to score. And then yeah. just sit back. I think, yeah, they'll sit back. I think they'll get one closer to the end of the first, and then Liverpool will score. And then I think it's going to be 3-1. And I think Tottenham is going to, maybe not substantially, but I think they're going to dominate most of the game. Josh, you don't like Mourinho's style of play very much, especially because while he was at United. What do you see the game coming out as? I mean, I definitely see them winning. It's definitely working. It's that it, it works. Hey, like that system works with the players he has. I don't like it as much. It's a very smart style of play. But, you know, it's not very fun. <laughs> I'd say it works. But it's, you know, it takes a little bit of the joy out of the game. Yeah. So what, but, your thoughts? Oh, sorry. No, keep going. My fault. No, that's... Oh, okay. Dillette? Thoughts on the predictions for the game? Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to back Liverpool on this one, to be honest. Yeah, same. Really? What, what do you have? Oh, yeah. So you're thinking Liverpool, unless Tottenham grab the early goal? Yeah, I'm thinking Liverpool 2-1. If Tottenham get the early goal, 2-0 to Tottenham. Yeah, I don't think there's anything that they can do to stop Tottenham from scoring. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm keeping my 3-1 Tottenham. I'll say 2-1 Tottenham. I think what Liverpool might do is have Henderson just man-mark the hell out of uh, Kane. Yeah. Just don't let him turn in the midfield. Don't let him get his head up. Don't give him more than three seconds on the ball. Don't let him find Stone. Don't let him find Bergwijn. Don't let him find a midfielder. I mean, yeah. I, it, it's not an easy like method at all, but... I. I feel it's the only way you can stop Tottenham. You cut Kane out of the game. Yeah, because Kane's like the main through ball. It goes Kane to Son. Yeah. That's really all it. That's their main play. But of course, easier said than done. No, I mean, for sure. We, we've seen Kane have time on the ball. We saw it against City with Rodri out of position. So I think Henderson is a more disciplined player. Probably going to stay a lot centrally and try and mark Kane. We yeah. saw Conte do it and force Kane out. Outside that middle channel that he likes to be in and flow in. And Conte really forced him out and Tottenham didn't score. So, I don't know. That might happen with Liverpool. So, we'll wait and see. We will wait and see. All right. We'll catch you guys Friday with the all-new episode. And we will see you then. Thank you so much.